I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, fellow mourners of diet culture. It is I, Emily Lubin. I'm the Grim Reaper and the host of this show. Welcome to RIP Diets, episode 18. If this podcast was a human, they could uh, legally vote and serve in the military. So that's exciting. I want to give you a warm welcome back. Last week's episode was a bit short and I basically went into my DMs and answered a lot of your listener questions. I want you to continue sending me your questions. Keep sliding in the DMs. My username on Instagram is Lubination, L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. You can also email ripdiets at gmail.com or you could engage in the private Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com, type in the search bar, R-I-P Dieters, And when you request to be added, I will add you, usually in under 24 hours, usually in under 12 hours, often under five hours. And that is just how dedicated I am to you guys and how much I love growing the community. I truly do. And I'm loving the community that we're building. I love hearing what you guys have been writing in the Facebook group. I read it every day, even when I don't have time to respond. And I just, I love it. You guys are so vulnerable and smart and it just goes along with what I've been saying all along and what I've been reading about in this book, Eating in the Light of the Moon, which I talked about on an earlier episode and I'm still reading it because God, it takes me forever to get through a book. I have ADHD and reading for me is just like, It feels like a chore a lot of the time. Even if I really like the book, just sitting in one place for more than 10 minutes and focusing my intention deliberately on something is very difficult for me. But anyway, I've been reading in this book how the author's thesis is that women who struggle with disordered eating are some of the most creative and intelligent people that you will find. And they just don't know how to channel that energy or they feel unsafe and they channel it in not constructive ways. And this Facebook group is really such a testament to that. Yeah. So just keep keep being you, you guys. And I'll keep being me and we can all keep being a beautiful community of sorts. Um, But today we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite subject, which is sex. If you're related to me, turn this off. If you're not related to me, let's play ball. I'm going to, in a little bit, have a conversation with a friend of mine, Remy Casimir, who hosts the podcast How Come. And it's all about empowering women to take charge of their sexual health, take charge of their sexual pleasure, and fucking have an orgasm. Um, And I thought we should talk about something that I think plays a very big part in the insecurities that many of us feel when it comes to sex, but also in general, which is porn. I'm not an avid porn watcher. You know, I have watched it before, but it doesn't really do that much for me. Normally what ends up happening, if I'm feeling a little voyeuristic and I want to watch some porn, I usually end up trying to look for a video that's not degrading to women. 
Um, that's the first qualifier. It can't be degrading to women. It can't be, you know, some dude slapping a woman in the face with his dick, just like fucking take it. And then the woman being like, oh, I love it. Ah, Come all over my face. I fucking hate that stuff. And that's really hard to weed out. So, you know, that's the first qualifier. And then also I want, you know, realistic looking people. I don't want people who look like they're plastic. Not that there's anything wrong with that if you want to get plastic surgery, but it's just porn stars seem to really adhere to very specific beauty standards that require them to get massive amounts of plastic surgery. And then I also just, I I need like decent dialogue. I cannot, if I have to see a woman be like oh give it to me daddy one more time I'm going to implode so I've essentially given up on porn because you can't it's just hard to find good porn now and I know that a bunch of you are probably going to be sliding into my dms later with like indie porn sites that I can look up and you know what by all means do it but I'm going to tell you a little bit about my history with porn so When I was about 10 or 11, I was way too scared to watch porn. Like I knew in theory what porn was, but I was too nervous to watch it. But what I was not too nervous to watch were cartoons. So I discovered on Newgrounds, which was this flash player website similar to E-Bombs World that was really popular back in the uh, late 90s early 2000s, again, which is the era that all of my references come from, I discovered this video series, an animated series called The Christmas Blonde. And for all I know, it was exclusively on Newgrounds, but you could look it up. I looked it up a couple years ago just to see if it still existed, and I I could find them. And they are just as horrible as I remember. (laughs) But I got really into them. They turned me on. My nine, 10 year old self was just super horny for these videos. And it was basically about this blonde, back in those days, we would call them bimbos, like kind of like a, like a Pamela Anderson type woman, big fake tits, big blonde hair, very skimpy outfits. She basically would just walk around with her tits out and like pasties over her vagina and she wanted to fuck Santa and this was what this whole series was about. She was super horny for Santa and Santa wanted to fuck her right back Um, and it was a three-part series and it got really complicated like at one point. There were like these evil elves that kidnapped Santa and held him in a basement or or maybe they kidnapped her and then Santa had to come rescue her. I don't know. It got really complicated. But there were also spinoff episodes. There was one called The Easter Blonde, which I particularly liked. This sticks out in my memory so much. And it was basically uh, the blonde woman goes to the mall and she's in line to take a picture with the Easter Bunny. And the Easter bunny, obviously not a real bunny. It's a man in a suit. But the man sees her walk up towards him and he's like, oh, holy shit. I need to trick this woman to jerking me off. So then the the bunny is like telling her to reach into his Easter basket for a prize. So she's dumb and she reaches into the Easter basket and he's like, why don't you just dig around in there? So she pulls out his dick that I guess he 
got out of his suit somehow. Like maybe he cut a hole in his suit. I don't know because the logistics were never confirmed. So his bare dick is just hanging out of the Easter basket. And she's like, what is this? Like as if she's never seen a dick before. And he's like, oh, well, that's an Easter whistle. Why don't you blow on it? So then she's like blowing on it, still not realizing that it's a dick. And then she says to him, she's like, it's not working. And then he's like, oh, that's strange. Why don't you try sucking on it? And she's like, why? And he's like, I don't know. So then she starts sucking on it. And she's like, it's still not working. And he's like, well, why don't you give it a little shake? So then she starts tugging it, trying to get it out of the basket. And then he, this is, this is the strangest part of this video. He jizzes. Easter egg colors, like pastel colors all over her tits, right? And I didn't even really think about it until years later, but how could a man in a suit be jizzing Easter egg colors? He's not a real bunny, or is the implication that he is a real bunny and that they hire giant actual bunnies to be the Easter bunny at the mall? I don't fucking know. But the point is, that was my segue into the porn world, was this animated trash that was clearly made for preteens, just like me. But this image of this sexy woman as being, you know, this blonde woman, tall, thin, with big fake tits and really skimpy clothes and a perfectly flat stomach, it kind of mirrored what the women look like in porn. And I mean, there's a lot of porn out there. But when you think of like the stereotypical female porn star, what image comes to mind? For me, it's that it's lots of plastic surgery, very fake looking, um, and very much catering to the male gaze. And as I said earlier, you know, porn stars are often encouraged to get plastic surgery so that they can have these artificially buxom bodies. There also is a huge culture of porn stars getting elective genital reconstruction surgery. So that vagina that you typically see in porn that's like a perfect little slit, like basically like a sideways closed mouthed smile, that is not the type of vagina that we all have. It's, I guess, it started being trendy and porn stars would get vaginoplasty to make their vaginas smaller and cuter, I guess. But I know that a lot of us watch that stuff as young adults and young teens and we think, oh my God, well, my vagina doesn't look like that. So is my vagina wrong? And the same could be said for body image in general when it comes to porn. I mean, you do not see a lot of size variation in mainstream porn. Certainly there is BBW porn, but that is fetishized and that is different. We have not normalized normal bodies for women in porn. A man, you know, a man could be half balding with three butts and two stomachs and we probably wouldn't even glance sideways at it. But a woman really historically needs to look artificial and artificially perfect. And that's like the main reason why I really cannot stomach porn. Um, So like I said, give me your suggestions, slide in my DMs. 
tell me uh, where I could watch porn that is not offensive to women and has fucking normal bodies that are not marketed to me as BBW or thick bitch or whatever the fuck. I just want normal people having normal sex that's not necessarily romantic or a guy gagging a woman with his penis. Thank you very much. So on that note, today, my guest, uh, like I said, it's Remy Casimir. She hosts the podcast, How Come? She's a good friend of mine. I've known her for a few years from doing comedy in New York. She is now in Portland. So I Skyped her in for you guys. And we had a really great conversation about body image and sex and how the two relate. I know I hear from a lot of you guys about not feeling so comfortable with your body during sex or with your partner or being nervous that your partner will see that your body has changed and all of that stuff, that is a completely normal feeling and definitely common when you're going through recovery to worry about that stuff. So I got my girl Remy on and we're talking about body image as it pertains to sex. This was a really fun conversation. I think you guys are really going to like it. So enjoy. Okay, my guest today is a good friend of mine. She's a comedian. She is also the host of the groundbreaking podcast, How Come? I'm so thrilled to have her today. It's been in the works, and I even told her beforehand that somebody reached out to me saying I should have her as a guest, and I was like, uh, already on it, bitch. <laughs> Remy Casimir, how you Hi, doing? Hi, I'm so excited. <laughs> how is everything? I know that you're, we talked a little bef- yeah. before the mics were on, but you are out west. I'm out west. This I'm in Portland, Oregon. This is the first time I've seen your face I know. in such a long time. I know. I um, it, Yeah, I kind of just like didn't love New York right now during the pandemic I feel like people weren't taking it as seriously as my little narc ass so I came out to Oregon and you're you're like a little bit OCD when it comes to germs and stuff right no not at all oh I totally thought no no I'm disgusting (laughs) <laughs> well, I know that you are, um, what's the word? Not the most hygienic. Person. Right, 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 right. Because right. we've bonded over that. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Because I'm also not hygienic. Yeah. I, I like, gonna say, never brush my teeth. That person, Emily, I, <laughs> I went to the dentist the other day after like a year of having no idea what was going on in my mouth. And my boyfriend mm-hmm. was like, you're going to get rocked. Like they're going to find so much shit in your mouth. Zero cavities. Really? Zero. Mazeltov. Come well, at okay. me. I, no. Okay. So I have always like not had the best oral hygiene. Mm-hmm. And I never had a cavity my entire life until about two, three years ago. I had four at once. Ah. And then I was like, okay, like time to kick it into high gear. Yeah, time yeah, yeah. to like try to, you know, brush and at least twice a day but you know sometimes I'm tired and then I don't want to get out of bed like to go brush mm. my teeth and then get back in bed because I'm not gonna be able to fall asleep and that's I, my cross I don't I don't like brushing teeth because it reminds me of like the sadness and ennui of life and just doing things over and over and over again but also I don't love the taste of mint oh really yeah so they do make toothpaste now that's like I don't care you know, fuck your bubble gum <laughs> fuck Tom's I've tried everything me and the dentist you've decided tried the Tom's one yes the fennel? yes I've tried everything every boyfriend every each parent has tried their own like thing but me and the dentist came to an agreement I'm just gonna do really good flossing um which like I love with waxed floss you guys and then just brush with water 
Really? Yeah. And, and your dentist said that would be just as effective? For me, she's like, it doesn't seem like you've been getting cavities. Like, you grew up with enough fluoride because you drank New York water. Like, just whatever do you, I guess. But please floss. I, yeah, I didn't even have that thought about the water. Maybe that's why mm-hmm. my teeth are holding up. Well, anyway... I would love to talk about your podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if some people who listen to this yeah. podcast have heard your podcast before because, you know, it's under the umbrella of like women's health type stuff, which is really yeah. important. I genuinely think it's really important. But also um, a lot of the companions are obsessed with you and Andrea after your episode. Oh yeah. yeah. Your episode is one of the highest performing of our podcast. No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was so fun to record. It was, And we fucked up. Remember yeah, we fucked up the first recording? Fact, it was the second It was the second recording. Yeah. And I guess it, it did the trick. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. Can you like give a quick Sum breakdown? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So um, How Come started because at the ripe old age of 27, I like became cognizant of the fact that it seemed like I was the only person around me not having orgasms I was like I've never had one I don't think like and I used to think it was like normal that girls didn't and then it wasn't really until I started stand-up that I was like seeing girls like or women like our age talking about their orgasms and I was like oh fuck like this is a I'm not I'm not fulfilling all the things I should be and also Mm -hmm. like I feel like a little broken so I started how come because I wanted to get like assignments from other people and I also like because I was getting assignments from other comics like I'd go up to them I'd be like hey that joke about the five orgasms that was really funny and they'd be like uh that wasn't the joke part of the joke (laughs) (laughs) uh wait a second yeah and so they'd be like really invested because people feel bad when they hear that you haven't come and they'd like give me like things that I could do like assignments and shit And I would try them, but usually like give up because I was like, I just think this isn't for me. I'm like broken. Like there was no accountability factor. So I was like, yeah, a podcast will be good accountability. I'll get the assignments from the people. Uh, I'll have to do it the next episode. Like, you know, so I'll be forced to like work on myself. Um, And then they also always tell me about their first time coming, which is like the best and like just makes makes you feel like not weird because everybody's story is so different. Yeah, I'm sure some of them, it was when they were six years old on mm-hmm. a couch, mm-hmm. uh, on the, the arm of a couch. And Very popular. Some people, it's when they were like 25 years old with their third boyfriend. Like, Legit. I'm sure that there's a wide variation. Huge range. So, uh, yeah, spoiler alert, you guys, I came like episode six. Like, it was... <laughs> Floodgates were open. Which is incredible because it kind of proves that half the battle for you was just opening up about this. Exactly. Yes. It wasn't like an acceptable conversation, I thought, for girls. Like, especially not like, like, I'm from the Upper East Side, you know? Like, it was like... Gossip girl. You don't talk about that, you know? Like, you secretly do it with your friend's dad, but, like, you don't talk about (laughs) it. Um, No, And, like, yeah, I just wasn't having enough conversations, like, or enough, like, close conversations girlfriends talking about it or something like that uh and then yeah the second I started asking it was like oh no you're not broken you just like didn't know the different techniques or like totally and I also um you know you said you always thought it was a normal thing I would argue that it actually 
is normal in that it's common. Common. I think yeah. it's common. Yeah. That women, we just don't know that much about our bodies. Do and you want to know why? Why? Do you realize like science was all men for like the majority of time? Yes. And, you know, I didn't know actually until fairly recently that most health studies are done on men. Mm -hmm. And but when you read them, it's you would never know that the sample size was mainly men. And our bodies are so different. We Mm -hmm. need our own fucking studies. Yeah. And no shade to men. I love men, as Cher says. (laughs) But um, like they didn't know about the internal structure of the clitoris until 1998 because no one had... I guess any interest and people are probably like internal structure. Yeah. So what you see, the little clit on the outside is just this tiny little tip of the iceberg. It goes back into your body four inches. It surrounds the vaginal opening. So like picture like a little cowboy sitting on a horse. Basically that's your clit around your vagina. Your vagina is the horse. And um, when somebody's having a quote unquote vaginal orgasm, it's just because the cowboy's legs are closer to the horse. So there's like 8% of women that can come from just penetration alone. And it's because their clit is just, it's, it's rubbing the clit from the inside. Yeah. So basically all orgasms are clitoral orgasms. Yeah, exactly. Question. Yes. The G spot. Is the G spot just the clit yes. on the inside? Yes. And yeah. It, and, that, and, mind blown. Exactly. And for different people, it's in different places. So like when I used to read this Cosmopolitan article that was like, to find your G-spot, go up here, feel for the spongy thing or whatever. And it's like, yeah, maybe some of them are behind the spongy thing, but some of them might not be near it at all. Some of them you need to stimulate from the outside so that it can get engorged enough to get stimulated from the inside. Like every woman is a snowflake. We're all, or every vulva owner. And every dick owner, too. But like, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're all snowflakes. Yeah. We're we're all snowflakes. You've probably gotten this question a lot. But like, what would you say to your partners when you weren't able to come? And did that make them feel any certain way? Mm. So the majority of my life was just like going after fuck boys that like did not like me. And like just having sex with them. I felt like so like I never asked for anything. You know, and it would have been like absurd, you know, um, I just felt so lucky to be there. Poor girl. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then my first serious boyfriend when I was like 21 to 24, that's when truthfully I had a conversation with one friend that I was like, I've never had an orgasm. And she was like, you need to work on that. So I like worked on it with my boyfriend at the time. But like we were doing like he would like put a rabbit up me instead of like doing any like Like the vibrator yeah um like we were trying stuff but it was like the wrong stuff yeah um and with him like he he when I first told him I think it was two years into our relationship because it was after that conversation with her and I was like hey uh I have to tell you something like I don't think I've ever had an orgasm And, and he was immediately like okay we have to work on this like he was really open to it and like felt bad for me but yeah again didn't really know what he was doing and sometimes he would suggest like well maybe you're having them so much that like you don't even realize which is like <laughs> not a that thing. is quite an optimistic way to look at the world yeah um in a it's a way that only a man could look at the world but I would even do it too just to like kind of like 
because like you start thinking you're like physically or mentally broken. So I'm like looking for clues that maybe I am doing it. And I was like online and it was like, like, oh, maybe I have had it and it's just not. And, as and I just don't realize. Say. Yeah. And there was one thing online that was like, if you have a rash on your chest after sex, like you've had an orgasm. And so like his hair, his chest hair would like rub me and I'd go, look, babe, I came. <laughs> <laughs> That is so cute. Yeah, it was sad. Um, no, that's the cutest and, thing I've ever heard. But if anybody is like, oh, I think I had an orgasm, like, you would know. And I know that that's the most annoying thing to hear if you're like, I haven't and like, whatever. But, and, but like, how do I know? It's like, you will. There's no, it's happening and you have no idea. That's not a thing. Um, and if you can't or you haven't, there is no can't. But if you haven't, listen to how come. Definitely, definitely. We'll walk I, you through. Well, you get messages like every day that you're helping women come mm-hmm. across this great nation and world. Planet. Yeah. yeah I, which is, it must be a really nice feeling. I know that it's a nice feeling when people reach out and say that they're addressing their eating disorder when they listen Yeah. Life. It's just like, it's a nice feeling. So give her some And love. it started like totally selfishly, which I think is such a mind fuck that I yeah. was like, I just wanted to come. And now you guys are like, you're doing the Lord's work. And I'm like, no. <laughs> No, I'm this is selfish. for me, guys, but I guess I'll help you too. No, but it is nice when I get those messages. and But then I also do get a twinge of how am I not verified yet? I've made upwards of 400 <laughs> people come without touching them and I'm, I don't have a... That should be a qualifier. That should be a thing. That should be an yeah. automatic qualifier. <laughs> um, I'm curious because... And just to be clear to the listeners, when you say you had never come before age 27, that includes by yourself that includes hell yeah with a vibrator yes. or yes a toy. yeah so yes it, it's not like it's not like you were only uncomfortable during sex but I'm wondering no. do you think some of it stemmed from like a general discomfort with your body or like were you ashamed of your body in any mm. way looking back I have such a weird relationship with my body it is like so and yes I think body image plays into sex like of course. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's like what you're looking at when you're doing it, but it's also like how it's portrayed in the media and like what you see in porn and you wonder, do I look like this from certain angles? And like now there's all these trends on TikTok that's like you hover over your phone and you see what you look like on top and it's like, oh, that's horrifying. Oh yeah. You know, you got to put it out of your mind. That's mm-hmm. my personal opinion because like nobody's really paying attention to how you look if you're doing it right. If you're doing it right, no one's really paying attention. But right, just, just I don't like think you... I'm Sorry, ever judging anybody that like I have no. to get myself in check that I'm like you don't look at them this way. Yeah, exactly. And but the thing about porn is very true because when we watch porn, um, especially like I- I'm a child of the '90s, as are you. Like mm-hmm. we grew up with internet porn, mm-hmm. and you kind of think for a while that that's what sex is like and not realizing that you know those orgasms are fake most of what they're doing is I mean the sex is real but they're in positions that are sometimes Mm -hmm. better for the camera not necessarily Mm -hmm. what is going to make them feel the best so you know you think guy like because a lot of anyone a lot of porn back in the 90s was made by dudes and it was like from their pov and stuff and like 
positions that they would like and stuff. And and our porn was like romance movies, yeah, and shit like rom coms. And the the disconnect is that they're watching this like fucking do it from behind, pull her hair, stick your fingers in her mouth porn, and we're watching The Notebook. And so nobody really knows how to fuck because neither of those things is going to like happen. Yeah, none are realistic. Or or is like naturally occurring. Um, And yeah, I just like, even in rom-coms, like if they don't look, they they look a certain way when they're having sex. Like you want your arms to be slinky and you want to be able to get picked up and like. Yeah, like you you want to. You want every move you make to look attractive because that's mm-hmm. what you see portrayed mm-hmm. in the media. But really, that's not the secret to having good sex. So, no. Yeah. So I and I actually have had a bunch of people reach out to me in like oddly enough, like in the past month or so about feeling uncomfortable being naked, feeling uncomfortable mm-hmm. having sex with their partner, like even people that they've been with for a long time. They're just like, I don't feel comfortable in my body and I don't feel comfortable exposing myself mm-hmm. to someone else. And I don't really know how to advise them because I know that's a really tough thing. What mm. do you think? Like, what do you think somebody should do if they have discomfort in their body and that it's affecting their sex life? Well, you got to love yourself first, which is like so hard to do. But I and I don't just mean like love your love your body, like fucking masturbate (laughs) and like have sex with yourself and try to find yourself sexy for you. Um, That's like a lot of I think what got in the way for me is like I was always thinking about how do I be the type of person, the type of girl that a guy will like? How do I be sexy for a guy? How do I groom for a guy? How do you know what sounds do I make for a guy like? And I think what's been kind of helpful is like just kind of figuring out like what attracts me to me. So like really taking time for yourself. Like if you don't like looking in the mirror, get used to it. Like, you know, like look at your vagina in the mirror, look at your dick in the mirror, look at your body in the mirror, like take some dirty selfies for yourself, Hell you know, yeah. like make you the kind of person that you'd want to fuck. And like a lot of us like are attracted to ourselves, but we are told by society that like being into yourself is shameful. And it's, you know, like it, there's so many combating things that like, I remember an early in Instagram a friend of mine posted a selfie and I was like the audacity of her to find herself (laughs) so pretty that she would put it out. But it's like, and I'm not saying do it publicly, but like the, have the audacity to love yourself and like find yourself hot and like at least take up space in your own brain as someone hot. If you don't, if you don't want to be like, I'm hot to the rest of the world, good, whatever. You don't have to flaunt it that way. But like, yeah, not everybody is sick like us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, no, but th- that's so fair. Did you do that yourself when you were like going on this on the journey? journey? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like there was uh one of the, my assignments was to like look at my vagina and like look at her in like a more loving way because I'd always been looking at it from like the gaze of like, oh, I don't want to go down there. That like smells like fish and like those are ugly. Like things that I'd heard other people say. And then when I, like, finally, like, looked at it, like, myself, I was like, she's so cute. That 
is crazy. I had the exact same experience. Yeah. I, I swear to God, I never looked my vagina in the eye uh-huh. for uh, probably until I was like 20, 21. Like I was in college, I remember, and mm-hmm. I was just super bored and super stoned one mm-hmm. day. And I took a hand mirror and I was like, this would be funny. Like mm. I just thought it would be funny because I always heard of that as like a trope. Like, oh, girl, look at that. Girl her looks vagina. at her vagina. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, brace yourself. You don't know mm-hmm. what you're going to see on the other side. But just, mm-hmm. you know, just take a deep breath. And then when I finally looked, I was like, hmm, it's cute. It's cute. And I, I didn't understand because I had heard a lot of shameful mm-hmm. things. I Not necessarily like guys saying mean things but you know in movies and also mm-hmm. from other women being like mm-hmm. I would never want to eat another woman out or you know biphobic totally. things and totally I I would urge anyone who hasn't looked at it to just just look also at it. taste your pussy fluids yes well yes that's like a must taste your jizz legit like know what's going on and like I was so uncomfortable I can't believe that I say this out loud as my job now but because I used to think about like making a secret Twitter to talk about like all the gross shit girls do but like I would test my cum like at least like four times a month like just to like or like you know like your discharge or whatever like figure yourself and see what's going on you'll probably like it I think my flavor is nice like when somebody doesn't want to go down on me I'm confused I'm like it's a wonderful buffet has that happened to you before yes oh my god really I yes this like concept of people not reciprocating is so foreign to me dude I didn't give head for the longest time because I knew or I thought I knew guys don't like going down on girls and they're not gonna so then I'm not gonna do it either like Mm, I, 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 I didn't try to make them do it I just like didn't do it myself yeah oh my gosh that's nuts so then was it in your first relationship that you had somebody go down on you or before that? No, they, like they, they did like just not well. Ugh, the first, the first person who ever went down on me was a tennis counselor of mine on vacation. And it's now Wait, I'm looking really? back on it and I'm like, that's a fucking statutory rape. <gasps> Cause he was like 22 and I was like 15. No, um, but I, I mean, not, but there is no, but, because <laughs> I was going to say I wanted it but you know whatever that yeah I mean still obvious, you I don't need to till, explain this still, to you but like 15 yeah. year olds don't know what they want but they don't know what they want yeah. um and yeah that experience was just weird for me because I was trying to pretend that I was more mature my legs were shaking the next day he kind of asked me like was that your first time and I was like no <laughs> I get eaten out all the time on tennis courts by people who are yeah. teaching me and my family on vacation that so it's so not crazy. Not, not the best first eat out. Um, Did but you guys have sex I, or he just ate you out? We didn't. We didn't. No. Okay. Um, and I also was kind of doing it as like a, I wanted to tick it off so I could go back to school more. Experienced. Experienced. Yeah. But I will say about the looking at your vagina thing, I have like a weird parabola with my body image and vagina image in that it goes... From very high image to very low to I'm going back up right now. But so when I was really, really young, I looked at my vagina for the first time with my friend. She, We were like four. I thought it was great. I also had my first like 
just kind of sexual relationship with a friend who was a girl. Like we scissored. I was like, I was totally gay with her. Yeah. And like, I was very comfortable with myself. I had my first boyfriend too. I was very comfortable with him. Like he brought me flowers at my ballet recital. Like I was very like mature and good with myself. And I loved my body. I love, I was like this little Sprite and my nickname was pretty Remy. And like, I was, Oh fuck off. My, I was the first girl after two boys. And my dad was like pretty Remy, pretty Remy. And my mom would call me like fairy winkle. And I was just like the beautiful, you know, like the first child too with blue eyes so my yeah, grandparents were I've seen were photos of you when you were young you were so pretty so beautiful yeah, it, child it totally makes sense but like that could fuck you up for life and it did and it like because when your name is pretty Remy and then you start going through an awkward phase around seven years old and your teeth buck out and your nose is bigger and your ears grow and you have no fucking idea who you are anymore. And then you start growing tits at nine years old and a butt. And you have to drop out of ballet because now you're considered fat, like for ballet standards. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, and who like who led you to think that? Like your ballet teacher, would they say things to you? I've heard such fucked up fucked up things about dance mm-hmm. and, you know, the kind of body shaming mm-hmm. that goes on. But I is it covert or is it like overt I don't think I ever there was ever I know that an instructor told me that I had to take Pilates because I my back was fucked up and I needed to cut down if I wanted to get into SAB okay but I don't I don't think I was ever called fat or overweight by an instructor but it was in the air with the other girls also like if you saw another girl developing the girls would comment on it they'd be like you could see her boobs through her leotard or like she's got armpit hair and it's like disgusting and like Mm -hmm. or like you could see her pubes out of her tights and like I was developing early and I was like this is not you're not angelic and like fucking Lolita anymore basically which is disgusting you know like yeah the Lolita story yeah um and so then yeah I quit dance and kind of leaned into being one of the first developed girls in our grade and then I got really really sexualized by other boys but I also was obsessed with my body again when I got boobs I was like oh my god look at like I would I made my sister's life hell because she developed super 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 late and I would just dance around the house with my tits and be like like I had like a boob song. So you liked them. I loved them. But then it started the g- getting attention from guys, which I also thought was great. But then it became my identity again. Like I got voted like best butt in like eighth grade, which I loved. And my mom sorry, would always be like. that's a category? No. And the dean had to make the boys like stop it. Like <laughs> they, they would just like vote amongst themselves. Yeah. Okay. Um. But it was like weird because it was this thing of like, I do find myself hot, but now, but not only hot. Yeah. And then, and then I went through another period where I like gained weight and boys would overtly say, you used to be hot. Um, uh, yeah. Just like, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. I, um, so you at that point, let's say like, middle school high school mm-hmm. did you kind of rely on validation from men I guess boys at that point like did you rely on the validation of boys to like mm. make you feel good about yourself because you didn't mm-hmm. feel good on the inside is that like that's what I'm picking up on 
I definitely think so. And I also think it was, I wish I had like (laughs) not buried my gayness too, because like that happened as well, because it was like, you can't be feminine and like girls and you you really wanted to be feminine because that's what boys like and the reason you like boys is because they're the best that's what I felt like we were sold is like boy white straight boys with money are the best and if you can get one that makes you the best wow Mm-hmm. wow so how do you break out of that I mean, you fucking start hanging out with people who don't think that way. Yeah. Uh, You start meeting hot other types of people. You go on TikTok where there's hot types of everyone. Um, (laughs) You know, like, but it, you also, it's like something that you have to like recognize um, and be like, whoa, I, that is something that I've internalized and that, and that's wrong and that's not cool. Um, And, like specifically when it comes to like body hair and grooming too, like I'm just getting over this thing is like, I used to be so in my head about what they liked. Yeah. You know, and being like, does he think there's too much hair down there? Does he think this, does he think, does he hate armpit hair? Does he hate leg hair? Does he see the little like blonde hairs on my arms does he see the little blonde hairs on the side of my like just thinking about that stuff does he think it's gross like do I does he think I look like like a guy right and now I'm more focused on Remy what do you think of your little mustache I think it's hot (laughs) you know like if I feel hot it's so easy for me now and if my even my boyfriend like doesn't love when I grow my armpits out I don't fucking care do you grow your armpit hair out long sometimes sometimes if I'm lazy yeah but I, like I, you know no, it's much cause... more common now to that women mm-hmm. are growing out their body hair but that is another 90s ass mm-hmm. thing is mm-hmm. like you need to be hairless everywhere and I think th- that's something that I know so many people are gonna relate to the like I need to be hairless and if I'm not hairless he's gonna be so grossed out by me when mm-hmm. really I have had the opposite experience in my adult life, I actually think that when a guy sees a bush, there's mm-hmm. like something exciting about that because it's different mm-hmm. because it's different and it's natural and it, and you're confident being the way that you naturally are. And they're, and they're not a fucking sheep. So they're not going to go by the book of what they've been told because yeah. sometimes a guy that's only into hairless, thin women isn't even attracted to women. They're attracted to the idea yes. of women. And and that same little ownership of like, if I have this, that makes me good or whatever in some way. And like, no, if a guy sees a bush and gets turned on, it's because he likes women. He likes grown women. He's going to go to fucking town on you. Yeah. And that's not saying like grow it out, be gross, like let shit get stuck in there or whatever. But no, like, and if you want to shave it, you can shave. I can mean, do it. Yeah. I, and I, and just like you said, you know, sometimes you get lazy, you grow out your armpit hair. It doesn't need to be a feminist statement Mm-mm. it can just be like I'm comfortable the way that I am I or sometimes I want to shave my legs right now I'm growing a full-on garden uh on my legs and it's mm-hmm. fine but then other times I shave my legs it doesn't need to be like a constant totally. thing 
Totally. There's um, an actress I really like, India Moore. She's in Pose. Um, or Yeah. Um, I guess they might be non-binary. I'm not sure. Okay. But um, they are femme presenting and one of the most gorgeous people I have ever seen. And on their Instagram, there was like a post with armpit hair. And they looked so fucking hot that I was like, oh, I want that. And also, I hate my armpits like what they look like bare it's like one of my body hang-ups and I was like oh maybe I can cover that up with the armpit hair and that'll look better so that's kind of why I started growing it up in the first place but then India shaved their armpits and for like another photo shoot and I was like amazing like you can do whatever you want of course I also I've never heard of anybody being self-conscious of their armpits I'm oh curious. my god! Like what? I hate what my armpits. It? I hate my tongue. <laughs> my armpits, your tongue? Yeah. Um, my armpits don't um go in deep at all. They're very flat. Um, they get and they get razor burn easily. So India, like India put, Moore is non-binary and goes by they them pronouns. Okay, that's what I just I looked it up. Yeah, yeah. That's what I <laughs> But super femme presenting, like gorgeous. Oh my gorgeous. god! Yeah, I'm looking at a picture right now. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not that so, non-binary people can't be gorgeous. No, of course they are. All people they're hot. Can, all and people sexy. can be gorgeous. But mm-hmm. so you're self-conscious of your armpits. You know what I'm self-conscious of that nobody understands? My belly mm-hmm. button. What like, does it look like? It looks like an upside down smiley face. Like it's really small and really deep and it's oh. not, you know, like how like mm-hmm. some people have like very like their belly buttons almost look like a slit, like a, mm-hmm. like a vertical slit. Like I always yep. wanted a belly button like that. Like I wanted mm. a, like an almond shaped like mm-hmm. sliver of a belly button. And what I have is it's just not that. Um, Mm. but it's so funny the things that we can build up in our head. Like Mm -hmm. nobody would ever look at your armpits, I'm sure, and think that there was anything off. I'm sure. But at the same, like you're a Virgo. I'm a Virgo. Like we notice every, like I feel, I get nervous of how people are going to judge me because I'm so judgmental, you know, like I see everything and I don't mean to be, you know, like I really try. A lot of it's probably just internalized. Totally. You think you grow up in New York City, going to fucking private school with a dermatologist father, like doing ballet and not have body and beauty issues. Like, yeah, I'm fucked. And I'm still unlearning and like trying. And I used to hate my belly button, too. But then it changed. (laughs) Your belly button changed? Yeah. When I got like older, it used to be an innie outie and I was like, I fucking hate it. And then now it's totally innie. My God, it regressed. It went in. That's that. It went in. But, but I still hate the placement, and sometimes I'll change the placement on Facetune. Hot tip. <gasps> really? Do you move it up or down? Up. I. Uh, this is all like <laughs> fascinating. I'm. I'm. That's crazy. I. Um. There. Want to hear about my tongue? <laughs> yeah, I want to hear about your tongue, and then I have a thought. <laughs> okay. My tongue is called a scrotal tongue. It looks like a brain or testicles. No. <laughs> it All looks right, like I'm a looking road at map. Remy's tongue. Okay, is it because there's a like kind of like a crease in the middle? Is that why? 
Oh yeah. Okay. I, she's showing There's it to me now. There's creases all over. There's creases all over, and it ha- it has like like, cra- it like craters. It kind of looks yeah. like the moon. It looks scary. <laughs> <laughs> it was that the tongue and the armpits were such a big cause of anxiety for me when I was little especially in the 90s because everybody put their hand behind their head and stuck their tongue out so and true. I could not do that pose yeah that's the one pose that was triggering for you <laughs> yeah nope <laughs> yeah they don't have uh they don't have like mainstream tongue plasty or like plastic surgery for tongues you um you've gotten a couple nose jobs surgeries right? yeah <laughs> I've gotten two nose jobs I used to lie about it now I don't you used to lie about having journey yeah is it because you were ashamed yes but you like your nose now no I don't I still you don't have like it. problems with it okay so I grew up in um a suburb outside New York City and um lots of Jewish people and mm-hmm. a very high culture of, you know, as soon as the girls turn 18, they get their nose job. Like, mm-hmm. it was like a known thing. I even had a friend. She had two sisters. And her mom used to tell them all the time, like, as t- as soon as you turn 18, you're getting your nose job. Like, it was like a whole, oh like, pep talk type thing. And I always thought it was so gross. But I'm wondering... Did your parents like support no. support it? No, it was oh. your idea. No, 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 yeah, exactly. My family had no part in it except for that I'd ask for it over and over and over again, and then they finally said yes. Um, I thought I was so very ugly. Um, I like, I think because I had such a good body from like ballet, then I I think I got called like a butterface once. And I also had this like internalized anti-Semitism besides all the other shit, um, which was like, I wanted to be attractive to Goyim, even though I was surrounded by Jews. It was like cool to be Jews. Jews were chic, but there was something, I don't know. There was something that I was like it seems like we're not very attractive. Like, yeah, and the propaganda well, that like Hitler spread got to me. Yeah, no, I, I think there is something to that. Uh, I'm only, I'm half Jewish, but mm-hmm. I remember somebody said to me, um, I was visiting a friend in college and her roommate said to me like, oh yeah, you, you have a very Jewish face. Mm. And it was partially like, like, I wasn't necessarily offended by it, but I was like, what does she mean by that? It doesn't sound like she means that in a positive way. You know what? That's a, a thing, too, is when I was super young, because I was so blonde and blue-eyed, people would always say to me, oh, you don't look Jewish at all. Um, I think that's where it came from, was being so <laughs> Aryan and beautiful as a child, and then my nose grew, and my hair got darker, and, and like, suddenly you don't have like these perfect little Barbie doll features. Yeah. Yeah. And I started secretly getting highlights in seventh grade. My mom wanted me to. That's one thing she was like, we just love you with blonde hair. Yeah. Like it's so much more striking. Um, but the nose job, I was like, I got, this is my last vestige. No, it's not. I still got these Jewish thighs and Jewish arms. Um, <laughs> but See, I didn't even realize that was a thing. 
Oh my God. I've got my grandmother's arms. I still, I, I have so many surgeries planned and as a sex podcaster, I feel guilty every day. They're not even planned, planned. They're just like in my head. Like the thing, the way that I dissect my body is not chill, but I do. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of us do. And I still struggle with that a lot, even Mm -hmm. though I've made significant progress, like over the past four or five years, um, I still have days when I get up and I'm just like, you look like a man like for some reason I always mm-hmm. thought I looked like a man which is so funny I because, think I look like a man but like you don't and you know like objectively if I'm stepping back I have a very feminine face totally but also now sometimes like I've progressed a lot to the point that sometimes I feel like a hot man you know that I'm <laughs> that that I'm like me looking like a man isn't a bad thing like I gladly take the fact that I look like the mother of dragon's brother like him and I are twins and I love that that's a really good point because when I see a woman who has like masculine features I always gravitate towards them I was a big Mm -hmm. like Sandy Bullock fan back Mm -hmm. when I was growing up I love yeah and um like Zendaya and people who are like a little more like androgynous not not Zendaya's so hot oh my god beyond well we do we have to wrap up I feel like I could talk to you for another two hours about this I know but where can people find you and follow you and oh and also do you have any closing thoughts anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to get out yeah I was gonna say like even even though it sounds like I fucking hate myself like I feel I do I have made a lot of progress in the fact that like what I think is the ideal body type has changed. You know, like I'm not trying to be waifishly thin anymore. I like the fact that I'm womanly. I can embrace that. I also don't need to sexualize it all the time. Like it can just like be your body. And like one thing when I'm feeling really, really bad is I just remind myself of all my working parts, you know, and the fact that they might not work for other people or they might not work for me someday. And like, if you're mad at your your fat body you think you're fat or whatever then take your body for some dancing you know like just do some stuff with your body move your your body get in in touch with it it movement is such a great way to get in touch with your body and it makes you feel hotter it really Mm -hmm. does even if you're not your goal is not to change it which I absolutely do not think that should be your goal it does just make you feel really good and really at home in your body Mm-hmm. And yeah, and one more thing I will say is one of my assignments on my podcast was to go to a female masturbation class. And in that class, she was like, okay, now touch your butt. Now touch your legs or whatever. And stupid me hadn't given myself the permission to do that. I didn't know you could touch your body parts in a sexual way besides your crotch, you know, like that you could like really like appreciate it the way that another person would. And yeah. when you do that, when you grab your own butt, like... You don't feel the imperfections. You feel like how nice and squishy it is. Yeah. And like how lucky somebody would be to touch that butt. Absolutely. Um, I I yeah. love that. That's such a positive note to end on. Where can people find you and follow you? Please come find me on the internet. Um, I am Remy Casimir. I'm sure she will spell it in the description because it's a doozy. I shall. Um, Remy Casimir and Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um loving it how come 
is the podcast H O W C U M like come. Um, it's on all the platforms, uh, on Instagram and Twitter at how come podcast. And it, we have some really dope merch. Uh, if you guys like, uh, Oh, I've Disney, seen it. It's Disney princesses it is talking about so come. good. It is so good. They're, they're just a little teaser. There's a t-shirt that says, it has one of the princesses on it. It says, mm-hmm. one day my prince will come, but first I will. Did I get yes, that right? Bitch. Yes, you did. I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. Actually, so I, I like need one. I need to write myself a reminder to get oh one. Oh my God. I'll, I'll give you a promo code. Oh, thank um, you. For sure. Yeah. So howcomepodcast.com. And you guys, how great is Emily? <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, I was going to say, you could go back and listen to my episode of How Come mm-hmm. as a kind of like segue. Hear it's some so familiar voices. Good. It, it's called it Dirty so Girl Privilege. It is episode 13 of season one. I know it because it is, it's literally, people write to us about it daily. We and we talked about us never showering. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And my co-host who's like on the other side of the spectrum obsessed with being clean. Mm -hmm. I can't relate. Um, Can't relate. Thank you so much, Remy. Thank you. I had the best time. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Remy Casimir. You can follow her at Remy Casimir on Instagram and follow me on Instagram. Lubination. And also continue rating and reviewing this podcast. Yes, you heard me. I do not have enough validation. I need more. I need more reviews. The reviews that you guys have been writing have been so, so nice. I'm actually going to read a recent one that I thought was super sweet and really warmed my heart. And I feel so warm and cozy inside every time I read one of these reviews, just knowing that I'm making a small difference in how people perceive their bodies and think about diet culture and observe it in the world. It it makes me so happy because I am trying to start a revolution out of my own backyard. So thank you guys. Uh, And this email is from a typical girl, 328. The title is, I listen religiously. Ah, namaste. I'm a huge fan of Emily and learned about this podcast from her other podcast, Hot Mess Comedy Hour. Also amazing. I didn't know that I needed this podcast, but I did. It's helped me confront all the negative and unhealthy things I've done and still do because of my unhealthy thoughts around weight. I so appreciate Emily's direct challenge of diet culture. She does it in a fun, relatable, conversational way. I am a dedicated fan and this will always be a podcast I listen to every week. Ah, thank you for putting that in writing. I appreciate promises so much more when they are in writing. So thank you so much. And I would encourage you guys, if you haven't written a review yet, if you're able to, please just write something. Let me know what you think about the show and give it five stars. It really, truly helps people find out about the show. And also continue to send episodes to your friends who you think might get something out of it and make it your Instagram story. Uh, Just screenshot you listening to the podcast or go on my Instagram and share one of the audiograms that I put up for every episode. It just makes so big of a difference. I cannot even tell you. That's it. Have a fabulous week. Keep fighting the good fight and keep being your fabulous selves. Peace out. Really, really great for porn. I got a fast connection, so I don't have to wait for porn. What? There's always some new site for porn. I browse all day and night for porn. It's like I'm surfing at the speed of light for
for poor. Trekkie. The internet is for poor. Trekkie. The internet is for poor. What are you doing? Why you think the net was born? Born poor.